Welcome to the Power Your Life radio show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us on Power Your Life today. And the only thing I'm going to say about the election in the United States is that it's time to unify and move forward and still keep our goals in sight for the betterment of so many people in this country and also globally. And we're going to talk about the betterment of you, really. Many of us have aspects in our past that we may not like or wish we did differently and maybe feel stuck by that or by them. And yet there's really a way to move past that so that you're future isn't being held, and even your present isn't being held hostage by your past. So the important piece is that it doesn't have to define what's going on in your life. And when you learn what you need to do to get past your past, you can really be free. So I'm really excited of having a very special guest, Linda H. Williams, who was homeless, a drunk, a victim of domestic violence, dealing drugs, hopeless, and helpless. And she turned everything around. Now Linda empowers women through her gifts as an insight and wisdom coach, a facilitator, an author, and an inspirational speaker. Linda's passion is to influence women in such a way as to inspire them into positive action to live their best lives and to love the life that they are living. She has facilitated support groups for the Cascade House under the auspices of the YWCA, the Clayton County Family Violence Center, and the Sister Circle for Sisters Empowerment Network. She's also the radio host of A Phenomenal Woman, and I was so proud to be a, a guest on her show and the founder of Discover a New Beginning, LLC. Linda's book, Your Past Has Passed, reveals insights for all of us as to how to move on. Welcome, Linda. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on your show today. I'm excited. I am, too. And I think that that it's a very fitting subject about how to move on (laughs) and how to to not let the past really kind of defeat where you are today and also moving forward. So a little bit of history, because my goodness, when you look at your past, it's like, how did she, how did she ever do that? Be able to get out of some of these situations. Even oftentimes people of domestic violence have a lot of challenge, even moving past that and creating a new life, but you did so much more. So tell us a little bit about your story, Linda. Well, 
It's like you said, we we all have baggage that we bring with us from our past. Uh, A lot of it has to do with um, bad decisions that we make. Sometimes we're in situations in our childhood, in our early development, in our formative adult years that we make bad decisions or that we find ourselves in situations and circumstances that sometimes we have no control over. So we all bring that kind of baggage with us. Uh, I grew up in a in a very um, middle class family. My dad was a school teacher. My mom worked outside of the home, and uh, we we had a very close and still have a very close family. And so a lot of times, situations that we go through in our adult life does not necessarily reflect our childhood. We use that as an excuse a lot of times. Well, this happened in my childhood, and that's the reason why I'm like this. But that's not always the case. We make decisions, and we we have to accept those. I made some bad decisions and some bad choices in my life and found myself at a point where I, I had children and was in a domestic violent relationship um there was substance abuse issues there was a lot of drugs and alcohol um in in our home and it just was not a very good environment and i found myself there and mentally stuck because a lot of people say well i don't understand why do women stay you must like it or something ridiculous like that but um, you find yourself sometimes mentally stuck. And when you're mentally stuck, you can't see your way out of it. And that's where I was. I was in such a dark place in my life, and I didn't know how I got there, so I couldn't find my way out. And I have a sister, my sister Joyce. My sister Joyce has since passed with breast cancer, but my sister Joyce literally came along and took my hand and held on to my hand again until I could see the light in my life once more. And that's now what I try to do with other women who find themselves in a dark place. Just grab onto their hand, kind of hold on and lead them back to the light so that they can start to love the life that they live. You know, I think it's so important that we do have people like you, like your sister, who are able to do that and are also able to recognize the good and the potential in in so many individuals because we all have that. Years ago, I actually went and, and did some seminars with with women who were who were victims of domestic violence and and you're right they get stuck and there's a, there's also a sense of fear and a sense of how could this be happening to me and it's not like they don't want to change their lives so so I think it's important that we do have that support system that you had with your sister and you so beautifully create with so many so many people you wrote this book your past has passed. What's, what's the premise of the book? Well, what we try to do uh, and what I, I attempted to do in the book is uh, to go a step further than 
typical self-help books. Because what I found in my research is that uh, self-help books, a lot of times the author will tell you what the problem is, and they'll give you a lot of reasons why you have that problem or why you're going through a certain situation. But a lot of them don't give you help specifically in what you need to do to overcome that. You know, they, they kind of generalize and they give you an overview. But when you're going through some type of a situation or when you're carrying stuff and you're dealing with stuff from your past, you need something specific. You need something concrete. You need a road map. So that's kind of like what my book was meant to do, was to actually give a step-by-step. These are the things that you can do to help you overcome whatever it is that you're going through. And then what we've done is at the end of each chapter, we also provide a, a worksheet for that individual reader to be able to look at their own personal life and to write out some of the things that they're going through or some of the things that they're dealing with to kind of help them to move forward with your book. And so that's kind of like the premise. It's to give you steps. This is what you need to do because some some of the things that we're bringing with us from our past, we can't change. I mean, if you if you made a bad decision, you know, 10 years ago, mm, chances are you're not going to be able to go back and undo that. So whatever it is that you're dealing with today as a result of that decision, you know, you're, you're going to have to let that go and, and, and kind of deal with, okay, this may not be where I want to be, but this is where I am now. And, and I, I, I tell the ladies in the – I work with a lot of ladies in transitional housing. And I tell them, I know at this point in your life you did not say, when I grow up and I get to be 40 years old with three children, I want to be in a homeless shelter. I said, so this is not where you intended for your life to be, but this is where you are. So you've got to deal with the where you are and not where you thought you would be. So that's kind of like what we do in the book. We take you, this is the where you are right now. So let's deal with the right now and kind of see what we need to do to move forward. You know, I think, Linda, that's so important because you and I have seen people who come and they say, okay, this is why my life is like this. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever, 40, you know, this is what happened and I can't, and I'm stuck, like you said. I can't get past mm-hmm. it. And yet, in a way... That their mindset is what's keeping them hostage. So why is it so difficult for for many of us to get out of that muck and out of the past mistakes and regrets and, like you said, to live in the present and, and, and move forward with it? The biggest thing and the first thing I did from my own personal experience I had to accept a certain amount of responsibility. That's where we get stuck because you know yourself, uh, Joanne, that we can play the victim role really well, really well. And see, <laughs> when, when, when I, if I'm the victim, then that means it's not my fault the reason why I, I am where I am. That means if it's not my fault the reason why I'm here, then it's someone else's responsibility to get me out of this situation. 
That's the victim mentality. And as long as we walk around in that victim's mentality, which I did, I did. I I blamed my ex for me being homeless because I had my own home when I married him. So for a long time, I walked around very angry at him because it was his fault, the reason why me and my son suddenly became homeless. And after several years of walking around in that funk, um, I said to myself one day, I sat down and I said, wait a minute, his name wasn't even on the deed. That was my home. So then that was the first step in my healing because I let go of blaming him and I took responsibility because I lost my home. I was paying the mortgage before he moved in. So it was my responsibility to make sure the mortgage got paid. I stopped paying it, and I stopped making sure that it was getting paid. So one reason why we stay stuck is because we're blaming someone else for the mess or the situation or the circumstance that we're in. And until we begin to accept um, whatever percentage of responsibility, we, we, we can't move forward. The needle is just stuck right there on it's not my fault. You know, I, I, I think what you're saying is so important, and we just have to take that responsibility. Now, what happens, because I, I think you, you'll agree with me, sometimes people finally say, okay, um, I see where I made a mistake. I see, I see what, you know, I went the wrong path. I didn't, I didn't take responsibility. And then they get into this self blame that still keeps them stuck. How do you help them? Because you and I both seen that through our through coaching. How do you help them Linda get past that too? Because I think that's just as dangerous as blaming somebody else. You're still stuck in that. Oh, I can't do anything. Oh, look at what I did. In fact, I think sometimes that that's probably more damaging because, like I said, after I finally got to a point where I wasn't angry at him anymore for losing my home, then I became angry at myself. And, you know, we'll say stuff like this to ourselves. How could you have been so stupid? And that's what I said. Linda, how could you have been so stupid? What were you thinking? That's where we get stuck on ourselves and and I say to women all the time listen to the conversation that you're having with yourself. You know, Joanne, we talk to ourselves 24/7 even when we're asleep. Our mind is still going, which is why we can wake up in the middle of the night with a thought, we can wake up first thing in the morning. I mean, I've done this. I've I've awakened and I've written something down or I grab my phone to put it in my memo so that I remember it in the morning. We're constantly talking to ourselves, but a lot of us don't listen to what we're saying. And we're feeding ourselves negative thoughts. You're, you can't do this. You shouldn't have done that, or you should have done this, or what were you thinking, or you're not this, or you're too that, or whatever it is, it's always negative. And so it's that constant negative reinforcement that we're giving ourselves. And and so it just perpetuates that whole feeling of inadequacy. So now we become a victim to ourselves as opposed to a victim to someone else's fault. Now it becomes our fault, but our 
I, we don't see it as, okay, it's our fault. That means we've got to do something about it. It's still kind of like someone else's responsibility. We're beating up ourselves, and that's where we have to get. And so I encourage women when you listen to yourself and you start hearing yourself beat yourself up, stop yourself right then and flip it and think about what's good in your life. What is it that you have to be thankful for? And if you need to write it down and post it on the refrigerator so that when you start going into this dark place, you can see your list of everything you have to be grateful for, then do that. But we've got to start changing the way we talk to ourselves. You know, I think that is so apropos and really important because we are our worst enemies sometimes and our worst victims, like you said. And we we are so critical, not always, that we don't give ourselves credit. I know that what I've learned to do over the years, because I remember when I was younger, I was so self-critical. Anything I did, I thought, oh, my God, it's something horrible is going to happen from it, which made me immobilized in many ways. And I've learned, like, there's sometimes I'm writing something or I'm doing something and I'll say, good job, or pat myself on the back or whatever, because I think, like you said, we need to flip it. And and see the good in what we're doing. Not everything is perfect, but we can see the progress that we're making. So that's so very important and so essential. In your book, you talk about the different steps. Can you share with our listeners, like, the very first step? I think you already did, but, but let's look at it as a step. So after you after you take responsibility for... Um, whatever it is that got you to where you are right now, then you need to go back and you need to see what was my role? What was my role in the situation? What was it that I had control over and what was it that I didn't have control over? And you've got to separate that because those things that we have no control over, there's no reason for us to carry that baggage. And we do. We carry baggage for stuff that we can we could have controlled and that that was beyond our control. For instance, a young girl who was sexually abused as a child really had no control over that situation. So there's no reason for us to continue carrying that. We've got to separate. That wasn't my fault, as it was, say, in a situation where it was my responsibility to take care of my home, and I chose not to. I had control over that. We've got to separate those, because once you separate that that you had control over and that that you did not, then you know which ones that you can work on yourself to relieve you of that baggage those things that you that happened in your life that you're still carrying that you had no control over then it might be something that you may need to seek professional help and i go back again to um sexually abused children a lot of times we as women, I, my, I have an associate, and, and my associate works with women who were sexually abused as very young girls, as very young children. Mm-hmm. Her background is mental health. 
because a lot of times situations in our childhood or situations in our past that we found ourselves in that affected us and affected our children that we had no control over, we may not be able to work through those ourselves. So that might be something that you may need to get professional help to kind of help you go through that. But we can very much deal with those issues that we had control over. So once we accept responsibility, let's see what we had control over. Let's see what we can do. And so if we made a bad decision, we can go back and we can correct that, let's do it. If we cannot go back and correct that, then let's work through it. What do we need to do to get past that so that we can move on to the next one? So I think those are the critical steps um, in in just trying to go forward to be able to deal with what's coming tomorrow because, you know, my, my pastor says this all the time. If you live long enough, you've either just come out of a situation, you're in one, or you're getting a little bit of rest to prepare yourself for the next one that's coming down the road. So, you know, <laughs> at some point you've got to you got to let those past ones go so that you can rest for what's coming up ahead. How does forgiveness, because I know sometimes people have such a hard time, they're angry, they're bitter, especially like you're talking about sexually abused women or or even sexually abused young girls and, and, and boys. How do they get to the place of forgiveness? Because I know that for many women, well, for many people, it's just not easy. And I remember once doing a seminar and this one woman said, I was sexually abused, and she was so angry, Linda, and I will never, never forgive this person for what he did to me. Mm. Right? Mm. Yeah, and we do. And, you know, that that forgiveness, that that's a, a whole topic in and of itself. We think forgiveness means that you have uh, absolved that, Uh, abuser or that person of any responsibility or you're telling them that it wasn't your fault. Forgiveness doesn't have anything to do with the other person. And I think largely it's just a basic lack of understanding about what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is a very selfish act. Forgiveness has to do with the victim. It is a cleansing of our soul and our spirit so that we feel fresh and anew. doesn't have anything to do with the other person. It allows us the freedom and the opportunities to be able to enjoy life because holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. I mean, it's just, it, it, doesn't, right. it doesn't work. And I'm, I think um, just a basic understanding of what forgiveness is. Forgiveness means that I am no longer going to allow this person to have control over my life because we can walk around angry at people and they've gone on with their lives. They don't even know what, they don't even remember a lot of times what the situation was that they did to make you angry. So when I got to the point where I was at that point of forgiveness, I had finally forgiven myself. I called my ex and I said to him, uh, I want to apologize to you 
for everything that I did in our marriage that I should not have done and for those things that I did that I didn't do that I should have done for that I want to apologize to you because that was my part to the failure of our marriage. He says to me, as most men, oh, honey, you don't have to do that for me. I'm good. And I said to him, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for me. I'm doing it for me. And it was at that point that... All of those chains that held me bound were gone because he could still push those same buttons. After all of that time that we had been separated and divorced, he could still call me, and he knew what buttons to push. And I would get so angry at him, and I found myself on the phone still arguing with him like we used to do when we were married. And one day I looked at my son's face. And I saw his face, and I and and that just kind of shook me. And I said, "Okay, we something. We're not even together. We're not even married anymore." And he's still able to control me to a point where I respond the way he wants me to respond. What is so? Forgiveness is a process. <laughs> it is not easy. And I tell everybody, if someone tells you that you can forgive someone overnight, um, you can say it. I marvel at these people who someone has um, murdered their child or their mm-hmm. loved one, and they're able to say the next day, I forgive you. I'm not questioning them. I'm not judging them. But I am in awe of them because, to me, forgiveness is a process. It's not something that I go to bed angry at you today and I can wake up tomorrow and have that sense of release in my spirit. So that that's kind of like you you got to work through that, got to work through that whole forgiveness thing because it's not easy. It's not easy at all. And, you know, I totally agree with what you're saying. And I think that we need to remind people that, like you said, forgiveness, lack of forgiveness and and allowing whatever that situation was or that harm was that, that we, that was dealt to us. It, like you said, Linda, it's toxic. And if we just let it fester within us, it could, it could create health challenges, depression, all sorts of things that again, we don't have to do if we learn, and you're right, it is a process, if we learn how to to forgive and move forward. And I think the hardest thing is also, like we both said, forgiving ourselves and just being able to kind of move forward with that. Um, what I want to know is, aside from everything that we've been talking about, what else do you want your readers to get from this book? I know you have incredible exercises, like activities for them. How do you want women, and I know that even men have looked at this book, how do you want people to move past past their past and, and utilize their book, this book that you've written so beautifully in the best possible way? Well, I, I want I want my readers to to move the to move the needle in their lives, to get from a place of being held back and just being bound by the stuff in their past, to a place where they can 
begin to experience the freedom of just having a cleansing in their spirit. You know, if you if you got all kinds of stuff going on in in your mind, you you cannot enjoy life. You cannot enjoy peace. You know, when I was a little girl, we were taught in church that you know heaven is where you go to um for that peace and for all of those things that they teach us in church about heaven. So, of course, you have to die in order to go to heaven. And I think a lot of people somewhere still hold on to that notion. But we create our own heaven and hell right here. All death is not unto the grave. And what I want people to do is I want people to understand that life is a journey. Um, it's, it's, It's a journey. It's not our destination. It's a journey, and and we have steps along the way. So we have highs and we have lows. We have to deal with those. If we're hung up on yesterday, we'll never be able to move to the next step. So we've got to get to a point where we can clean out whatever it was yesterday. We've got to get to a point where we're looking forward to something. You know, Joanne, when we were kids and someone says, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? I mean, we were quick to answer, I want to be a doctor, a nurse, a teacher, a fireman, I want to be a mommy. We never hesitated. But then we became adults, and life got in the way. And all all we're dealing with is yesterday and today. And if someone says, and I ask my clients this, what what do you want to be when you grow up? And they they're like, well, I don't know. I never I never thought about that. Or they'll say, I don't really know what my purpose is, and I don't know how to find my purpose. And I'd say to them, there is life after. Whatever that after is, life after your children graduate from high school, life after you retire, life after you do whatever it is, there is life after. After, But you got to clear out that junk from yesterday in order to even be able to look to where you're going. And that's what I want. I want my readers to know how to deal with that junk so that they can continue to grow and get out of that place of mediocrity that we we as adults can find ourselves just in dealing with the day-to-day mundane <laughs> activities of being a responsible adult. You're so right. And it gets back again to responsibility and taking, you know, taking charge and taking responsibility. And also that sense of choice, which you talk about a lot in your book too. What about the people that, and and many people think this way, I don't have a choice, not, not even about the past, but I don't have a choice. This is, this is what's going on, and, and, and I feel blocked or I feel locked. How do you help women? Because I think that, that it's important to, to help people shift that belief system. How do you help women believe and change that perception to recognize that there are choices, that they, maybe they didn't have something in the past, but that there are choices in the present? How do you help them get past that? Uh, a lot of times... We, If we think we don't have a choice uh, about a situation that we're in today, it's somehow related to yesterday. You see, where we are today is a direct result of a decision we made yesterday. 
that put us where we are today. And so a lot of times when we feel we don't have choices today, it's because of a decision we made in the past uh, that got us to, to where we are now. For instance, the women that I deal with in transitional housing, they're homeless, they have multiple children, um, the majority of them are uneducated and unskilled. So they will quickly get that victim mentality that I don't I don't have a choice right now. I don't either either I um align myself with a man to take care of me and my children or I'm going to be in a shelter because I don't I don't have I can't get a job that pays me enough money to to support me and my children. Well, you know, I don't say this to them, but my first thought is, okay, so you made a choice to have all of these children. There was one woman in the shelter joint, she had six children and was pregnant with her seven uh, in the shelter. How do you do that? <laughs> right. <laughs> how, how do you come to the shelter with six children and get pregnant while you're in the shelter with your seventh child? So, again, this goes back to choices. And so I tell the ladies there, okay, so you do have you do have a choice. You have X number of months that you can be here at the shelter. And so what are you using the time you have here? Your allotted time where someone is paying for your shelter, they're sheltering you and your children, they're feeding you and your children, what are you doing with the time that you've got? Are you are you just trying to find you uh, a job at McDonald's? What what are you doing? And a lot of them are saying, "Well, that's that's all I can. That's all I I have the skills to do." Okay, so then what do you need to do in order to be able to get you a better job? They say, I said, what do you need to do in order to make more money? And they said, well, I need to get a better job. So then what do you need to do in order to get a better job? I need to have more skills. What do you need to do to get more skills? I need to I need to go to school. I need to go to college or I need to go to trade school. What do you need to do in order to be able to do that? What are the obstacles to keep you from doing that? Well, I don't even have my GED. Okay, so that's that's the that's the route right there. That's where you have to start. There are free GED programs. Let's start there. That's how you change and you get women to be accountable and for them to think their way through the maze that they've created with their lives as opposed to us saying this is what I think you need to do. It allows them to have a, a say so in this is the path that my life needs to go in. This is what I want to do, and this is what I need to do in order to be able to accomplish that. That's how you um, broaden horizons in terms of what your choices are today because a lot of us have a very limited scope when we're in a situation like that. Our scope is very limited in terms of what we think we can do and what's available out there to help us to do what we need to do.
you know, it sounds a lot like helping women problem solving, like, okay, let's, you know, let's, let's take a look at this situation, break it down into all the components. Let's get to the root. Like you said, the root cause of it, what do we need to do step by step? Like you so beautifully outlined in your book, what do we need to do to make changes? What do you need to do? And, and you're empowering the women that you work with, Linda, by allowing them or giving them an opportunity really to address it and figure it out while you're that support system for them that's so beautiful. That's right. Because what it is, Joanne, is it's really it's really basic behavior modification. And that's what I tell the ladies. What I'm what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to help you make better decisions so that you don't find yourself in the same situation that got you here in the first place. And so we're we're changing the way they think, the way they process, and it is it problem problem solving. I have uh, recently begun a a new ministry where I am working with women who have been incarcerated, and so I'm working with them once they've been released to kind of help them overcome the obstacles and the barriers that they face that often lead to recidivism. And it's the same basic, same basic thing because nine times out of ten, they'll oh, no, ten times out of ten, not nine, ten times <laughs> out of ten, they'll say, if it wasn't for so and so, and nine times out of ten, it's a man, I right. wouldn't be here. I did what I did to help him, or da 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 da, whatever it is, and so. Um, we're working with them to kind of change the way they think and the way they process to be able to make better decisions so that they don't end up right back in the same situation. And and that's all it is. It's basic behavior modification. And again, to not continue to live with that, that blame overhead towards that person, which to some extent, lets us off the hook, as we've been talking about, too. You know, I love what you said, Linda, and we're almost coming to the end. I want people to get a hold of this book. I love what you said earlier, that about promises of heaven. But I think what what you're teaching so beautifully is, okay, we can create a, a, a beautiful opportunity or opportunities for you here on this earth. You don't have to wait. And it's, you know, you're in charge of it, and let me help you. So right. I think that's <laughs> I love what you do. You your your compassion and your love and your heart centeredness and in everything you're doing just shines through Linda so so beautifully. Tell people how they can get a hold of you, find out all the incredible work that you're doing to heal people, to help them move forward, to help them heal themselves, and how they can get a hold of this book, Getting Past Your Past, which we all need. Your past, excuse me, your past has passed. They can reach me there at my website, very easy, lindahwilliams.com. Uh, my email address, same thing, Linda at lindahwilliams.com. I do uh, a lot of uh, inspirational and motivational speaking uh, workshops. My book is available on Amazon.com. Uh, it's available in hardback traditional. It's also available in Kindle. 
You can order it on my website. So, again, you can always reach me through my website, lindahwilliams.com, or you can email me directly, and it's linda at lindahwilliams.com. Wonderful. Linda, we have like one minute left. What do you want our listeners who are captivated by you and your message, what, what do you want to leave them with? I, I want our listeners to know that um, there are a lot of situations and there are a lot of things that have happened to us in our past, and, and we sometimes bury those to be able to move forward or just to be able to put on a facade that we're moving forward. I have found so many women, and we look so good on the outside, and we're simply broken pieces on the inside. I encourage women to talk about whatever it is. Find someone that you can talk to. Share it. If you're at a at a point in your life where you have been through something and you've been able to overcome that, share it. Tell someone of just the goodness of what's going on in your life right now because there's a lot of women that suffer in silence. And what I like to do and what I attempt to do all the time is to give women a platform for them to have a voice. Because the enemy lies in those secret places. He'll say stuff to us like, don't tell nobody that. You don't want nobody to know that about you. Just keep that between me and you. And you say, yeah, you're right. I'm I'm embarrassed. I don't want anyone to know. And that's where the enemy hides, and then he just kind of builds on that. I encourage, have a voice. If you cannot speak it, write it. Get a journal and start writing your thoughts. It is so uh, therapeutic, and you'll find that as you write and speak more, you become so much stronger, and life becomes so much better. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for for all of your incredible advice and all the gifts that you offer so many people, Linda, and and. Really, you you are an incredible role model for so many people, given your past and how you kind of transformed yourself and are there helping so many other people, especially women, to do the same. Thanks so much and have a blessed day. Thank you. You too. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Yes, you will. Bye-bye. Take care. So I want you to listen to everything that Linda said today because she had some amazing advice for you. And remember her book, Your Past Has Passed, and you can get it on Amazon. And remember that it is time to move forward and time to shift your life and and be able to feel good about what you're doing and take some responsibility and, and forgive yourself and even whomever interfered with you moving forward. Next week, we're having another special guest on, and we're having Joanne Laura, who works with people on the autism spectrum. She's a movement therapist, and she's going to talk about the future that's changing for those individuals with autism. Stay tuned. That's November 16th. If you missed any part of today's show with Linda Williams, just be sure that you pay attention to that because 
It's available on Blog Talk Radio. And if you want to get a hold of me, Joanne at dr, Joanne with an E, white.com. Go to my website, find out about future gifts, articles that are free, and so much more. And remember that you have the ability, you have the wherewithal to power your life in the direction that you choose. Have a blessed day wherever you are and take care of yourself and honor the person that you are right now. Thank you. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.